Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now on Masachat Shabbat Daf Memtet Amur looking at the second half of the first Mishnah of the fourth parak, dealing again with issues of Hatmanah, which materials may be used to insulate food in, uh, if put in before Shabbat starts, uh, and kept there during Shabbat. So, Tumnin Bechsutu Perot Vachanfei Yonam Esor Shacharashim, Uven Archel Pishtan Dakat. You're allowed to bury in garments and in fruit. We saw a detail about that at the end of the previous podcast. Chanfeyona, dove's wings. Nesor Shel Charashin is, uh, is, um, sawdust. And Orchel Pishtan Daka means thin flax seed. Rabiro Serba Daka, Matabaka does not allow the thin one, but allows the thick one. Okay, Amr Biyanai. So we have this halacha that comes out of, uh, no connection here. We'll make the connection in a minute. Tfilin Serchin Gufnaki. When you wear tefillin, you have to have a, a clean body, a proper body. Ke Elisha Balkarfaim, like the story of Elisha, the master of the wings, as it were. Let's see what that means. Mahi. Habayim Marshalai Fiyach Bahem. So Gufnaki means you can't let wind when you're wearing them. Rava Marshalai Shan Bahem. You can't fall asleep when wearing them. Because uh, that'll lead to letting wind. My Karele Balkarfaim. So let's get the story. Why is this fellow called Balkarfaim? So well-known story. Yisrael. The Romans made a terrible decree. Anybody who wears tefillin, they will bust his head, drill his head. Elisha, in order to inspire people uh, and give them strength, would wear tefillin and walk outside. One of the centaurs saw him. He ran away. And this fellow chased him. Once the centaur caught up with him, um, Elisha took them off his head and uh, held them in his hand. Amarlo Mazaviadcha. He said, "What's in your hand?" Amarlo Kanfeyona. Dove's wings. Pashat Yadov and Sukanfeyona. I opened them up, and miraculously, they became wings of a dove. Fichach Korino to Elisha Balkanfeyim. That's why he's called Elisha Balkanfeyim. Okay. Umaishta Kanfeyona. Mishar Fort. Why dove's wings and not another bird? Shum deim til Knesset Yisrael liyona. Because Am Yisrael is compared to a dove, Shnemarna, Kanfeyona, Nechpaba Kesef, right? So why is it that the, that's the, the, we're, the, we are compared to the wings of a dove, uh, or we are like a dove? So, Mayona, Kanfeyona, Kifotalan, Yinotalan, just like a dove's wings protect it, Afisom, Mitzvot, Mikinotalan, same thing, Am Yisrael's Mitzvot protect them. And here he was protected by the dove's wings from being killed for fulfilling the Mitzvot. So it all comes around. All right, it's mentioned here because of the mention of Kanfeyona in the Mishnah. All right, the Sorachel Charashin is it sawdust? So Yibayalu, the question was asked, when Rabbi Yehuda said only the thick one is permitted, not the thin one, was he talking about sawdust? Rabbi was referring to flaxseed. So the answer is Toshmanatan, Rabbi Yehuda specifically commented on little flaxseed, and he said it's like Manure, which in the first half of the Mishnah we said is prohibited because it generates heat. So we see that his uh, descent was specifically about flaxseed, saying that it uh, needed to be the thick kind. Okay, the second Mishnah. You are allowed to uh, to bury in skins, in, in, in animal skins. And you, they are also, separately, they are also allowed to be carried. It's not muktza. You could bury in them, but you are not allowed to carry them, which of course raises an issue. If you bury in them and then you want to take the pot out on Shabbat, how do you do it? So You reach in, take the cover of the pot, 
pick it up and the wool falls off and then you pick it up. If it's a basket, then what you do is you have to tip it off out to the side, let all the stuff fall out and pick it up. Because his problem is that if you pick it up that way, when you take it out, the wool will fall inside and then your hole will be filled with, will be filled with the wool and you can't put it back. said you could put it back. We'll see details about this case at the beginning of the next podcast. Okay, Yativ Rabbi Yonatan ben Achinai, Rabbi Yonatan ben Lazar. These two rabbis were sitting. Yativ Rabbi Chanan Macham Gabayu, and he was sitting over them. Kamibayalu, the two of them asked, Shlachin Shemalabaitan, our Mishnah that talks about skins. Is that skins that a regular guy owns? Aval Shel Uman, but if they're owned by a professional who's working with the skins, like a tanner, came on the Kapitalayu since he's makpid about the use, and he says this is for my profession. Lomatatlinu, maybe they are muktza. Maybe our Mishnah even means skins of an Uman. Certainly regular skins that a regular guy has around the house. So so one of them said to the other, It seems that we're talking about a person, a professional person, and uses these as part of his profession. Maybe you could do Atpana, but they're Muktzah. So Rabbi Chanan piped up and said, He quoted Rabbi Yossi. He said, My father was a tanner. We didn't know that about Rabbi Yossi. He would say, You know what? Bring some skins so we can sit on them. Which means skins are not muktzan Shabbat. So we see planks that are owned by a regular guy. You couldn't carry, but a professional, like a carpenter, you can't carry. But if before Shabbat you intended, I'm going to use this as a little table to put bread on, and then you could carry any of them. So you see that a professional person's materials are considered muktzah unless designated differently. The answer is shot in the sign to copy the lie. The answer is there's more of a kapeda on the use of boards because if you misuse them, they're not they can't be uh, fixed afterwards, and therefore he's makpid on them and not necessarily with skins. So Toshma orot ben avudin ben shein avudin skins whether or not they're tanned or not tanned you could carry them on Shabbat. Lomru avudin the only distinction between tanned and untanned is if they're not yet tanned then they don't makabel tuma because they're not finished. That's where the only difference is. So my love shaluman doesn't this statement that you could carry them apply to any skins even shaluman. Only a balabait. So you're going to tell me that a uh, an artisan, a tanner, you can't carry his skins? When the bright up added that the only distinction between tanned and untanned is for Tumah, you should have added on. This only applies to a balabait. If it's a professional one, then lo. So the answer is cool about Kamari. The whole thing is just talking about skins of a Balabait. We're not talking about Uman. So we're saying tanned, untanned, all the same except for Tuma. Kitanoi, and this whole thing is a machlokitanaim. And again we see Rabbiosi's opinion who said you could carry either. And Tanakama said only if they are Shabalabait. So this whole thing that's cooking as a dis- as a disagreement later on is really a disagreement between Rabbiosi and Chachamim. So the same rabbis were sitting. How do you have to come by They asked another question. 
we have the famous Mishnah coming up in the seventh parak that says there's 39 avot malachot connected me. What do these 39 malachot com, uh, correspond to? So sitting over them said they correspond to 39 different types of work that were done in the Mishkan. So Ben Lakunya he quoted a different a different son of a different Rabbi Yossi, uh, this time, before it was Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi ben Chalafta, this Rabbi Shimon ben Yossi, Rabbi Yossi ben Lakunya, he had a different take. There's 39 mentions of the word Malacha, Malachto, and Malachet in the Torah. The problem is, there's not 39, there's more. So by Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef heard this, later he said, <coughs> the mention with it, when Yosef came back home that fateful day, when only he and Mrs. Potiphar were in the house and she seduced him, or tried to seduce him, when it says he came home to do his work, and there's a machloket, whether that means he really came home to do his work innocently, or really he decided to give in to her, uh, does that count? So, He said, what's the problem? Bring a Sefer Torah, let's count. Is there 38, and then you need that one for 39? Or there 39, that one would be extra. The answer is, Rabbi said, don't we have the famous story from Eretz Yisrael? It's mentioned in Kiddushin, <coughs> that when they made claims about what the middle letter of the Torah is, and there was a machloket or an unclarity, they brought the Sefer Torah and they counted. So do the same thing here. He said, because Rabbi Yosef said, it won't help, because I have another pasuk I'm not sure about, meaning I have a total of 40. And one of them is this one about Yosef, one of them is this one at the end of the uh, the work on the Mishkan, or the, uh, the contributions to the Mishkan, it says, They were completed, or they had enough. And he said, and therefore, it is one of the thirty-nine, which means which then would apply, would conform with the opinion that Yosef was really coming to have relations, and malachto doesn't really mean malachto, and therefore this one counts. Maybe the one about Yosef is really malacha. And this pasuk in Shmot means that just means they were finished. So, Teiku, he didn't know which one of those was number 39, which one doesn't count. Okay, We have a brighter that supports the conventional approach, which is the 39 are not corresponding to 39 mentions of the word Malacha, but the 39 actual uh, different kinds of Malachot done for the Mishkan. Netanya. You're only Chayav for a Malacha if it's the same type that was done in the Mishkan, as an example. Heim Zaru, they planted in order to make the spices for the Shemana and Mishkan, the Toret. You can't plant. Heim Katsru, they harvested for, again, those things. And you're not allowed to harvest on Shabbat. They would pick up the Krashim, and this is the big question about where is their carrying in the Torah. So besides the possible mention in the context of the Man, they would pick up Krashim, the boards, from the ground when they were moving the Mishkan, la agala, and the agala was a reshut it was ten high, four wide, etc. So you can't carry inside from out to in. And on the other hand, when they came to camp, they took it off the wagon and offloaded it. You also can't carry from private area to public area. 
They also took it from one wagon to another. They handed it over. You're not allowed to go from one to another, which is not true, Midoraita. What did he do? So it doesn't mean that exactly. They say what it means is interpreting this to go from to another over which we're going to see examples of in the 11th parak, we saw a little bit about that at the beginning of the Masachet also. Okay, back to our Mishnah. We said, you can bury in or insulate with with wool strips but you're not allowed to carry them. So that's only true if you didn't use them to bury. <coughs> Meaning, regular wool strips can't be carried on Shabbat. But if you use them to bury, and you can. If you did bury with them, you can't. So one student who was a first day there challenged Rav and said, What did our Mishnah say? You're allowed to bury in Gizet Semer. But you're not allowed to carry them. And I said, how do you solve it? You pick up the cover and they fell off. Which means that it's specifically the wool that you use to cover you're not allowed to carry with. Unlike what Rava said. Rather, this is how the statement should have been made. It's only true unless you, it's it's true that you can't carry them unless you designated them in advance for Atmanami. And that's their only purpose. But if you set them aside for Atmanam, then they they are for mundane purposes. You can carry them on Shabbos. So this goes back to Rabbi. There's only true if you didn't set them a designated for Atmanam. If they're designated for Atmanam, you could carry them. He said that when, when we talk about not being able to carry them, that's talking about wool strips that are lined up in neat rows for sale, like on the counter. But if the Balabite set them aside for any of his own use, so it doesn't have to be for Atmanah, it's far more lenient. So Rachana came to Bavel and taught in front of Rav. Now we're going to get fully into the Muktze issue. If you have branches from a palm tree, and you set them aside, and they're going to be used for wood, which means they're mukta, and then you changed your mind, and you said, I'm going to sit on them. You have to tie them together. You have to have affirmative act on Friday to make them usable on Shabbat. You don't have to tie them. You have to have intent before Shabbat starts that you're going to sit on them. Who taught it, and then he explained. That's how we rule. So Itmar, now watch this. Rav Amar Kosher. So Rav seemed to accept not Tanakama, and said you have to tie them. Shmuel Amar Choshev. Shmuel said all you have to do is have intent. Rav Asi Amar Yoshev. Rav Asi said on Friday you don't have to tie it. You don't have to have intent. Just sit on them. Even without doing anything else. So So Rav accepted the Brita and didn't accept the addition that Allah Hashem Gamliel he ruled like Tanakam. Shmuel Nami Yudamar Hashem Gamliel Shmuel said exactly what Hashem Gamliel just didn't have intent. Hello Rav Asi Yudamar Kamanvar Who's Rav Asi following here when he says you don't have to have intent or an action just sit on him? I mean an action of tying them. Says Yudamar Ki Yatana the Tanya Yotzin B'Fkurinu B'Tzifah B'Zman Shitzfaan U'Krachan B'Mishicha. 
that, uh, let's say people have a wound, so they're allowed to go out wearing a bandage uh, on Shabbat, um, as long as it was, uh, these are different kinds of wool material, as long as they were um, um, uh, dyed and tied up together and, and bound, before Shabbat. If not, then you can't use them. They're Again, that's material. But if, before Shabbat started, you wore them for even a minute, even though you didn't dye them, you didn't tie them, and we assume you didn't have intent, because the fact that you acted using the, the act that you want to use on Shabbat, doing it before Shabbat, indicates that that act is part of your Shabbat world, and therefore you can use them. Same thing here, Ravasi said, just as long as you sat on this wood before Shabbat, come Shabbat, you decide you want to sit on it, you may. Ravashi, I'll show support for this with the Baita. Akash, I'll go Mishnah later. If you have straw on a bed, you can't pick it up. You have a bed, and all the bed has is straw. The straw is muktzah. It's my animal food, whatever, so you can't carry it with your hands. Not all you could shake it with your body. If there was food on top of the bed, uh, animal food, or before Shabbat there was a pillow or was a blanket, you could pick it up. So Shmamina, you can see from here that you do not need to have a definite thought or act to de- designate it, just use it before Shabbat, the way you're going to use it on Shabbat, on Shabbat you could do that. This, by the way, is the makor for the common minag Yisrael, that in those homes where they light candles on the table that they're going to eat on, they also put some food, like challah, before Shabbat starts, so that the entire table could be moved if need be. Okay, basis l'var ha'asur ve'hamutar. Okay, who is the Tana who disagreed with Shabbat and said you had to tie the wood? It was enough to think it, the opinion that Rav adopted. Turns out it's Rabbi Chanina Akiva. The Chiyat of Dimi Amrzira Am Rabbi Chanina. He quoted Rabbi Chanina. That's Rabbi Chanina Chama. Pamachad Alach Rabbi Chanina Akiva. He quotes Rabbi Chanina Akiva. The Makom Achad. He went to a place. He found some branches that were set aside for wood. He told his students, "Tsuv Chishvu Kadesh Neshev Alein Machar." Erev Shabbat. He said to them, "Guys, go and have intent about that wood, so tomorrow we could use it to sit on." Meaning he didn't have them tied. And the report then says, we don't know if that was a wedding feast or a beta evel. Meaning it only could be a, a, a situation where there was exigent circumstances and people were so preoccupied they couldn't tie these things up and set them aside. And therefore, the fact that he says, I know it was odd circumstances, I just don't know which one, so that would be the the treaty. But in a regular circumstance, thinking about it won't be enough. Normally, that story alone would have totally supported Rosham Gamliel, that the intent is enough. But the fact that the end of the report included this piece, that we don't know why it was that he allowed only Rachshavah, indicates that normally that's not enough. Okay, man can bring in a basket of dirt and do whatever he wants with it on Shabbat. That's only if he put it in a special corner before Shabbat. So they quoted this in front of a papa. He said, That sounds like it's from Gamaliel, that you don't need to actually do an affirmative act, just have an intent. They say you need an act, which means you need to pick this dirt up and put it in a different box or something. 
Rapapa disagrees. He says, no, the Rabbanan could agree here. When did the Rabbanan say that you need to act uh, as we saw with uh, the wood? It's something that you could act with, like tying wood together. But dirt, what are you going to do with it? There's nothing to do. Well, they say you don't have to. So Perhaps this follows you can clean kelim with anything on Yom Tov, except for silver with a certain kind of lye. That means you can use other materials that are materials we'd think otherwise are muktzah, like another kind of lye or um, or sand. We have a brayta that says you can use neither of those. So because chol is something you can't do an act with. So it sounds like the one who prohibits says, listen, there's no way you could use sand. And so therefore, since you can't do an act with it, there's no way to make it unmuktza, and you can't use it. And the other one says, like a papa, since you can't do anything with it, all you need is intent, and it'll be okay. The answer is, everybody agrees with Rav Papa that you don't need to do an act on something that has no act to do. Here it's not an issue of muktza, it's an issue of the polishing. Rabbi Yehuda says, therefore you're not allowed to uh, to use these materials because they may pull stuff out of the cleat. Because since it's not inevitable that some melacha will happen, you could do it. So Mayu came to the Hadashari Rabbi Shimon. So you said the one that was lenient was Rabbi Shimon. That you can't use this material to wash your hair. Rabbi Shimon would allow it. That none, Nazir Chofefum Fespes, we have the Mishnah Nazir, that says a Nazir may wash his hair, and, and, and shampoo it. Avalo, sorry, can't comb it out. And that, of course, is Rabbi Shimon, because Rabbi Yehuda wouldn't allow that at all. And, uh, and therefore, Rabbi Shimon, and, and the idea is that since, even if the Nazir, if his hair comes out, that's the Rashim Kavain, and it's not inevitable. Soreik is inevitable. Alohavaha Rabbi Yehuda, the answer is both opinions are Rabbi Yehuda. We have two opinions about Rabbi Yehuda, and they're not about Rabbi Yehuda's concept, but rather about the application here. One Tana says, when you polish those materials, stuff will come out, likely to come out, and therefore it's a sur. The other says that it will come out. So Mayu came to Rabbi Yehuda, you now saying both Rabbi Yehuda. You're allowed to wash your face and your hands and your feet, but the point is the face, with that material, you might pull hair out. And it's a Rashimit Kavain. Hamiyarasayar. So Ibaitem Makatan. It could be talking about a little kid. Ibaitem Vishar, a woman. Ibaitem Saris or Yunik. Somebody has no facial hair. Okay, Amrav Yuda. Afar Leventa Shari. You're allowed to use the dirt from a brick, like the dirt that comes off a brick. Vyosef Kuspadi Asmin Shari. That is, when you've mashed the jasmine to get oil out, the remaining stuff. So, Marava, far pilpali shari, the dust of uh, peppers is a uh, mutar. Sheshit barda shari. Now, these are all things that we say you're allowed to, to put on your hands and wash with on Shabbat. He said, barda. So, what's my barda? What is it? Yosef, tilta ahala, one third is aloe, but tilta asa, one third is myrtle, but tilta sigli, one third violet. It's some sort of mix. Yosef, ruba ahala. If it's not majority aloe, shaper dami, certainly it's okay. You're allowed to crack open olives. You're not allowed to do that during the week. 
Why? Because he holds that, because when you crack open the olive, you don't get most of the meat, you lose it, and because you lose the meat, it's like Baal Tashchit. So, perhaps this is at odds with Shmuel. The man is allowed to do anything he wants with bread, like to prop up a table. So you're not worried about losing food. The answer is, There's a separate consideration. When you do something with bread, it doesn't make, it's not a disgusting thing. It's here because there's the oil and the liquid, everything, it's disgusting when you do it. <clears throat> so we have two considerations that both have to be at play for there to be a problem. So we have a story. The three of them were sitting together. It was Shabbat, and they brought some barda. They washed with it on their hands, face. He wouldn't. Don't you hold from a statement that you're allowed to use barda? Mordechai, Mordechai from the side said, Everybody except Marzutra, he doesn't even think you could use this during the week. Why? So why couldn't you use a nice scented uh, uh, mix to wash your face during the week? If you have gunk on your on your skin or leftover scabs, you can scrape them off. But and that's only if it gives you pain about it to be there. About imish for the apod if it's to make yourself prettier asur. Why? Because it's like big day shot. That's the way a woman uh, cleans herself up. Men should be a little rougher, as it were. Says therefore you can't use this fine scented thing. Vino kaman savrua. So who did they hold like allowing it? You're supposed to wash up every day and to show honor to God and it should be nice and smelling sweet, just smelling pleasant at least. Everything that God makes is for Him. So you represent God, you So therefore you should do that every day and therefore certainly if the only consideration is Shabbat, then we have Rav Shesha to rely on that it is Mutar. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up with the final podcast in the short parak. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.